Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal, the last podcast episode of the year with me, Boyd Hilton. Psychic Josh is back, thank God. Welcome back, Josh, from his Soho House style office. I am in, indeed in my Soho House style office. Sorry to have missed last week. Are you saying there's definitely not a podcast next week, Boyd? Is that, is that confirmed? You didn't give me the heads up. Oh, do you know what? That was a stupid thing to say, wasn't it? Yeah. In fact, I'd, I'd ignore that completely because uh, in my mind, like for some reason before Christmas, because this is the last game before Christmas. So of course there's the big between Christmas and New Year, isn't there? Yeah. So they ignore that. No, we should definitely do a podcast next year. Well, sorry. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to put you under obligation. Yeah. I mean, Maybe if, you've been no, no, in no, that no. mode of emailing people all day going, have a great, hot, I don't know what you write, yeah. holiday season, festive yeah. period. Yeah. What do you go yeah. for? Christmas? Uh, Christmas. Yeah. Christmas. Politically incorrect, I yeah. don't care. Um, but anyway, yeah, absolutely, you're completely right. But ignore everything I've said. Typical. Um, let's do it. We'll do another one next week before the after the um, after the League Norwich. Cup game and the yeah. the League game. Yeah. Anyway, we've got joined by stalwart of the podcast for many many years, Jeff Arsenal, as he's known, the man, the legend. I'm here. It's uh, it's great to see you. I'm just admiring your. Record collection, Boyd. I'm not sure. Obviously, yep. people can't see. It's not very good for a podcast. But I can see. Is that Diana Ross? I can see there. And, and, and... no, well, close. Okay, it's it's Kate Bush. Oh yeah. Easy. Okay. Yeah. Running up I know what. Yeah? I know why you've confused it because Diana Ross in a video has a similar. She's like lying flat with all yeah. the hair. Yeah, and a big, big hair. Look. Yeah, and suede yeah. as well. I like suede. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking good, looking good. Oh, thanks, thanks, mate. Um, okay. And we can see we can see each other uh, of listeners, by the way, because yeah. we're using the Zoom. Obviously, Jeff's in his lavish kitchen. You look <laughs> like you, Jeff. Look like you've got like four ovens. <laughs> uh, well, I think yeah, there is one, two, three, four, yeah. four ovens and a and a, 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 a plate heater at the bottom there. Keep the place warm. I think 
That is a a Christmas lunch you've got going on there, Jeff, I hope, in all those ovens. (laughs) I'm away for Christmas, funny you should say that. Of course you are, of course you are. Um, I think... Josh, we're going to have to call him four ovens from now on. You know, like how um, how um, who was two jags? Two jags was um, that Labour politician whose name I've forgotten because I'm getting old. Um, Jeff is definitely four ovens. Yeah, four is that is that sounds like a a a film you might be asked to review. Four ovens and a microwave, boy. You're right. Oh, brilliant! If you have to, you can come round to me, boy, at any time you like. You know. Oh, what an offer! What an offer! John Prescott was two jags, wasn't he? John Prescott was two two jags. Yeah, Yeah, I just remember that. This is great. Sometimes for for the other company, you know, I'll bake with a legend company that does events with former Bake Off contestants. This is a kitchen that we could come and run events at, Jeff. Maybe we can hire out (laughs) hire out your kitchen. Four (laughs) ovens, tremendous. Boyd, how many ovens? How many ovens you got, Boyd? There. I think I've got the two. I've got uh, I've got a regular um, oven and a microwave. Um, yeah, I think you know regular two. Yeah, two. So I so, yeah two as well, which yeah. uh, I find yeah. enough. But uh, if I had four, yeah. maybe I'd use all of them. <laughs> I can see a big Bake Off because you have got your Bake Off podcasticles. Um, the Bake Down you know the, podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a Junior Bake Off coming soon in the new year. By the way, I hope you're. I on know, that. but I don't think um, we will do that. Okay. Very interesting. One of our new, one of our hosts that's been working with the company for the last year is a former Junior Bake Off contestant, oh. uh, Rosie, who's, who's brilliant. Right. And, and come on, there are Christmas specials as well. There's a Christmas special there's and Christmas a New specials. Year special. Yeah, yeah, there's an It's a Sin, the Christmas Day special. I'm, I'm glad we've we've got. I glad, we're reinstituting the rambling showbiz start to the podcast, which has been away for months now. But yeah, Christmas Day um, Bake Off special, Jeff, is the It's a Sin with the cast of It's a Sin, which will be great. And yeah. then um, New Year's Day's previous contestants, old contestants are back. And then and then Junior Bake Off, I think, is around like the first week of Jan, five o'clock. And, but the best thing about Junior Bake Off, everyone, is it's hosted by Harry Hill, which makes it instantly kind of like brilliant because he's so good. He's so funny and he's so good with the kids as well who are on it. So yeah, that's one of the main reasons it's worth Anyway, enough of this nonsense. We should talk about Arsenal because, um, I mean, there's kind of two games since their last podcast, aren't there? The um, West, Ham. West, Ham. West Ham. West Ham. Were we all there? Are we all there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then um, the triumph against Leeds, 4-1. And um, this is our third, that's our third league victory in a row. Um, we're, we're unchanged, aren't we? We've had the same team. In what four four games? Yeah, which is the first time since about you know the early twenty fifteen. Certainly twenty fifteen. Yeah. Certainly since the Wenger Wenger period, late Wenger years, and things are looking up pretty good, aren't they? So I guess the general question is though, because of course you've got we've still got the difference of opinion. We've still got I think there's people like me. And a little bit like Alan Alger, for example. Me and Alan did a one-on-one last week podcast. And Alan pointed out after the um, West Ham game on Twitter that it was, you know, they had their whole first choice back four was injured. Um, They haven't been on the best of form. And, you know, beating them while it was great and we played really well. um, It's not as great maybe an achievement as, you know, beating them a couple of months ago. And similarly, Leeds are terrible, aren't they? Leeds are absolutely diabolical. They lost 7-0 to Man City last week. And again, ravaged by injuries. Um, the most injury-hit squad, including all the COVID injury-hit teams. So even though we did play really well again, but, you know, so how much can we really take 
Jeff, is the general question. How much well, listen, can we really say now that Arteta has turned the corner? Two years, it's two years today, by the way, since he arrived at Arsenal. Are you fully on board? Or do you think anyone like me, and to a bigger extent, Alan and others, who still question, still have we really, can we really say that he's the man for us long-term and that we've turned the corner and all things are getting better? Well, listen, first of all, it, it doesn't surprise me one bit that Alan, who's a specialist of pissing on everybody's chips when, you, when you're very high, <laughs> that he, I mean, he's great for that. I mean, he once said that Arsene Wenger wasn't a good coach. So, I mean, that, that says, says a lot about it. But we've been through that. We're not going to go down yeah. that. I mean, my view no. on it is you, you really do must take one game at a time. And listen, there's no doubt, right, the improvement that we've made over the past few weeks, uh, anyone will tell you that you can see it. The, the league table doesn't lie. And I know we've got, we've had a couple of games in hand over teams, etc. but you know, um, we've only really been beaten by teams. Um, this, this counts in the Everton game. Cause I, I really don't know what happened there. I just think it was, it was, it was crazy, but United, Liverpool, mm. Chelsea, Man City, you know, those games, you know, we're, we, we, I don't think we're not, we're up for winning at the moment. Um, but we've beaten all the teams around us generally, uh, who we're supposed to beat to, to get us into the position we are at the moment. Uh, but I can see a vast improvement. You can definitely see um, leaders inside the team now. I know, we'll no, no doubt we'll get onto the captaincy uh, later yeah. on. But I can yep. see leaders forming internally in the football team as it as it as as they're playing and as they're as they're going on from game to game. Gabriel, Ben White, even Tommy Asu. I can see him there at this leading mm. on the pitch together. Uh Ramsdale in goal. And KT when he's back. You know he's a leader anyway. Okay. And then Lacker, he's come back now. He, 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 he looks different class for us. He, he's got a job to do. He's like that old statesman that's dropping into the middle of the park. And he, he just, he puts all them little triangles together. And he, and he, and uh, you know, it's nice to see an Arsenal team that have got aggression in them and they've got fight in them uh, enough. So that they want to go and argue and, and tell the referee how to referee the game. Cause it's made a change. Cause Arsenal had that soft underbelly, uh, under Arsenal, we know that anyway, but we had obviously top players, so we generally win the game anyway. But that has changed. It has changed. There was a culture change wanted at the club the last two, three years when Wenger was in, and we've seen it now under 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 Mikel. And I can see now he's joining the dots slowly but surely. We're not going around that horseshoe all the time, and the, the players have now they've got, they've got confidence and they don't need the extra second on the ball. When the ball's on their way to them, they know where their players are supposed to be and they can just pop it off. And you see that, you see that especially against Leeds. And I know Alan and others are going to say that, oh, uh, you know, that was COVID hit this and that. It doesn't matter. We, we you know, we, we couldn't moan when we was, we was hit on the first game of the season against Brentford. We had to get on with it. Um, well, so yeah, I mean, we did moan, but some of us, well, we, of course yeah. we moaned, but you know, it, yeah. it, you know, uh, we wasn't maybe as hit as hard as them, but those were the circumstances then. Leeds had to deal, deal with the circumstances they're in now. But to be honest with you, if they had their full team out, I really don't think the, res- uh, the, 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 the result of the match would have changed. We'd have still got the three points there. That's in my belief, right? And Arsenal mm. at the moment. They're playing really, really well. Take one game at a time, and let's let's see. What, Josh? What do you think about it? How did you see it? Well, yeah, I, I think I largely agree with you. I was 
I mean, it was so enjoyable. I mean, you were watching it going, okay, Lee's a in injury hit, but did we have the most shots on target in Premier League history in the first half of a game? Yeah. I think I saw that stat, 11 shots on yeah. target. I mean, yes, you mentioned that, boy, they got beat seven at Man City. It, it could have easily, with no exaggeration, we had good opportunities. I mean, think about Lacazette when he went through and even then it came out and Saka put it wide. Lacazette had another one where it got laid off to him and he hit it straight. Um Amelia, it, it was just so enjoyable, um, that first half. I mean, look, we've said it, you know, before, there is a consistency to this side that we have not seen for, for many years. And I think that stems from just having a bit of certainty about who the who the lineup's going to be. I mean, M- Martinelli coming into this run of form is is just brilliant because, you know, he, he was part of the team that got smashed in those first two games against Brentford and Chelsea. And then we... We didn't really see him again until, you know, really, I think it was the sort of, you know, Newcastle game. He, he came on and um, and then he's, he's sort of started, I think, the, the last five games it would be now. And he, his influence has been, you know, incredible just at a time where he's taken out Aubameyang from the team and the pressure is on someone else to stand up and deliver. And between him and, you know, Lacazette, they, they absolutely have. And then you've got Smith Rowe just on the bench, which you would have seen, you know, unthinkable, you know, half a dozen games ago, but now it sort of feels okay. And he's coming on and contributing and getting goals. And there's a, there's a real unity and we go into Christmas. I mean, sort of top of our league in a way, right? Like if our realistically our ceiling here is fourth, unless Chelsea completely continue with this, this horrible run of form they're in, but we're kind of winning our league. And that is extraordinary given what happened in those first three games. So, I guess, Boyd, I know you've always, you know, been a big Arteta fan, never doubted him for a moment, but you you, you must be thrilled. <laughs> You're thrilled. I you got thrilled. that photo. If you printed out that photo of you and him, is it on the wall yet? Have you printed it out? It's a huge, huge framed, huge framed, lavish, gold framed uh, photo. No, I mean, in all seriousness, well, semi-seriousness, um, uh, I am thrilled. But you know what I feel is that um, I think that we've now got a team. The most important thing is we've now got a team we can get behind and the atmosphere in the stadium reflects that. I think the atmosphere has been there from the start of this season. I think it was partly because we're also happy to be back in the stadium with fans anyway, after, after, you know, the COVID period. But also I think we've got Saka, Martinelli now, Tierney, you know, um, these young players that we can get behind of Smith Rowe, I mean, more than anyone, right. And I think that is what, and I credit, I credit um, the manager with this. I credit the, the, you know, the much maligned backroom staff, you know, the, whoever's in charge, you know, the people in charge of acquisitions. Yeah. Recruitment. um, Edu, you know, um, all those people, even the, you know, even, you know, all the hierarchy that we, you know, I mean, even the owners, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I love the owners. I'm just saying, actually, if you separate it from all the politics and situation, they kind of gave Arteta the money he needed one way or another to buy, you know, these, this group of players that we bought in the last transfer round. And it's worked out very, very well. It's one of the, must be considered one of the best transfer windows ever, you know, for Arsenal. They've all, so far, they're all doing really, really well, the players that we brought, aren't they? Um, so 
I'm thrilled. I think most fans are thrilled that we've got a team we can just get behind. And that's down to a large part of those young players and how brilliant they are, what brilliant characters they are, how lovable they are, how forward-thinking they are, literally, like, in terms of they're all attacking, you know, very likable like players. Ramsdale, of course, in goal as well. I forgot about him. Just, just these are compelling characters. Jeff said leaders. Some of them are leaders, some of them, I don't, whatever. They're all, they're just, it's just exciting. And, you know... I almost feel, and this is going to sound slightly harsh, but I do feel this way. I almost feel the manager's slightly to one side at the moment. Like I'm not that bothered either way by by Arteta. I think, I think he's still capable, and he showed that only a few weeks ago in that Everton game. And you said, Jeff, what, what went wrong? Well, really, what went wrong is that he made lots of stupid decisions that day. Yeah. And I'm so, you know, that that is what happened. He really did. You know, we've been through this. Everyone knows. And he's capable of making terrible decisions. It just so happens that he's made the very good decision ever since then to stick with the team, to not change things. No matter, you know, the real test, of course, to use that unbelievable, unbearable cliche will come in the City game, New Year's Day. You know, I know it's at home, but that is, but that is the test. So what we've got is, for me, what we've got is an, a situation where we're all, I think all fans are 100% behind this team and love this team. And that's brilliant. That is a triumph. And that, by the way, is the first time you can say that going way back. I'm talking like mid to late Arsene Wenger period. Yes. You know, I don't think the last few years of Arsene Wenger, we could really get, uh, there were one or two players every now and then we could get behind. But as a whole, as the yes. team, it was lacking in that, lacking in personality, lacking in drive and all of that. So that is brilliant. I'm still not convinced 100% or even 60%. I'm still very much 50-50, though, on whether Arteta is the man who long-term can ensure our, our that we are successful going for Europe year after year with this group of players. So I think Kat do uh, deserve that. So, do you know, and I think that's a lot of people agree with me, not just me and Alan. Yeah, but, but I, think, like, I think he, I think, I think Arteta would agree with you as well. I mean, he's like learning on that job as well, but you know, they're all, they're building, they're building together and you can see, surely you can see improvement over the last yeah. six weeks. Yeah. Right? Oh, definitely. A vast, vast yeah. improvement. Um, you know, I mean, that, that West Ham game was, it was, we'd had a number of games where we'd done well, one, three, lost one, one, three, lost one, drew one, lost one, one, so, you know, you know we've had, and we've, we've been through stages where we thought, okay, now this game coming up now, now this is the game where we can see whether we really are, we really are there, whether we can compete. Now we've played against a good West Ham team, very difficult to beat, right? Uh, tough, aggressive, Big boys, and and we turned them over. We turned them over, pure, playing pure football. So that was a test for us. And then we went up to Leeds. Now Leeds is a difficult game. It's a, it's a very very difficult game. Uh, and so and they've gone there and they've absolutely battered them. So they need credit, and I know you're giving them credit, right? But listen, I, I, we still are at that point where we're waiting for the next slip up. Because that's as Arsenal fans, that's what we do. We've been used to that over the last four years, five years, or whatever. But you know, that's what I'm saying. I think we should just take it one game at a time and and see how we go with it. Because I do, I do honestly think that we we've, we've got a great group of players. And that Martinelli, I mean, we've we've unleashed him now. We can't, you can't, you can, you can only take him out when he's a bit tired or stuff like that. You've got to leave him in. It's quite obvious that. All he needed was games to, to a, a run of games to get confidence, and you can see it. You can see it actually on the pitch. 
he, he's starting to do, whereas before he would be a little bit nervous and he'd be running about like a headless chicken. Now he's a lot calmer, right? And, he, yeah. and he's using his pace and his aggression and everything else in the right places. And when you see him running and bearing down on goal, it, you know, he's, he's finishing is unbelievable. I love from, him. Uh, I, I yeah, love for a man of so we've got we've got completely him, uh, Saka, ESR. Uh, you know, we've got Ben White's a young man, Ramsdale. You've got six or seven Tommy Asu. We've got six or seven young players in that team now that are all learning together. And then, and I agree. Is, and this 100%. is what Leicester did. They built it. They built it within. Right. But, they went on, and yeah. they they after a little while, they was unbeatable. But it's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting right now that we've, what we've, where we've come to after all this time, right, since Wenger left, we've kind of ended up roughly where we were, which is in the top four, literally right now in the top four for the first time in years, at Christmas, rather. We're, we're flat-track bullies. We, beat, we can beat the teams that we, we know we should beat. But actually, we've still got that problem with the bigger teams, yeah. You know, amazingly, um, we're still like much better at home than we are away. I mean, I know we well, we won away against. I'm just being realistic, you know. And I love. Yeah. And so don't forget. I have to emphasize. I love this team. I love the way they play. I love what they're doing. Yeah. I'm just talking here about this separation in my mind between team and manager, and why I think a lot of people still aren't convinced. Despite and he has, we are, we have improved absolutely. We, we've now just, and I think we've hit upon a way of playing and a style of playing thank God, in the last couple of weeks, you know, and that's brilliant. I still think, you know, I still think we have to, I mean, you say take each game as it comes, that's fine. But one way, but another way of putting it is, I, I, long term, I keep thinking, is we going to sustain this? You know, are we going to end up losing 4-0 as we normally would to Man City on New Year's Day? Is, whereas, you know, and I look at Spurs, right, just, just, just to drop this idea in, look how the improvement in their play yesterday, and I hate, giving them this credit, and I know Kane should have been sent off and all that, but just the improvement in their play was astonishing under their world-class coach, right? Their world-class manager. You can see it. I, I, so I can't help thinking, what would he do with us? Like, what the fuck would he do? Imagine that. Because I think we all, he is learning, our manager is learning on the job, and he is clearly learning, and sometimes I think, oh, he's learned a lot. Other times I think, oh, God, he's still, still got a lot of issues. So I just part of me just thinks... I'm fully behind this team. I love the youngsters. But what would it be like if we had a world-class manager as well? And I think that's a very natural thing to feel, Josh, don't you think? Well, potentially. But do you, do you think we'd be any higher than what we are? Um, do you think this, this, yeah, this log can of, actually maybe. get above fourth? We're Sorry, Jeff's, fourth. Phone, Jeff's think... phone just rang. His, his fifth oven's on the way. Be there in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no, no, no. I think we'd probably still be fourth. I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not as good as that top three, of course. We're, we're at the top, you know. But I think we'd have a few more points. I don't yeah. think you'd have made the mistakes that we made against Everton in that, in that whole experience. Uh, so, and, but I think long term, I'd be more convinced that we're going to stay in this top four. We're, you know, we were in a good run at, at the moment. We're playing a good lot of teams that we should beat. It's maybe the world-class manager would, 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 would be able to achieve more against the bigger teams, like Spurs did against Liverpool yesterday. Yeah, they, they, Spurs were, you know, significantly better than what they have been. And a lot of Tottenham sporting mates were highlighting how, you know, very quickly Conte has got a tune out of players that Mourinho couldn't. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo couldn't, and 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 there has been an immediate, obvious change. I mean, not not least the obvious one from yesterday's performance didn't score, but Deli Ali was 
influential in in the game and uh, and, and receives a lot of sort of praise in this period where people are seeing it as some kind of last chance saloon for him to resurrect his career. I guess, Boyd, the argument against is to go, well, this is a, a very young group of players, as, as Jeff pointed out, and it is about being on this journey with them. And is it realistic that in a two, three seasons' time, they become good enough to all, to, ch- to challenge for a, a title, right? And, and if you look at where we were, I mean, it was literally this week last year, wasn't it, when Emil Smith-Rowe mm. played that game against Chelsea. And if you think about his progression in a year, it's, it's mind-boggling, you know, really what, what he's going. Saka continues to to improve. I think Ramsdale has, has shocked everyone, not, I don't know, shocked maybe too strong, but surprised certainly everyone with how impressive uh, he's been. We, we have Martinelli back, you know, and, and playing as well as he's played in any period probably for the club. And obviously, you know, it's a long time ago now, nearly two years, that goal at, at Chelsea, uh, which so many of us remember. So there's so much to be excited about. And do you know what's maybe most uh, poignant of all? That in a week where Arsenal Football Club put out a bizarre statement in many ways on the website, highlighting that our club captain is no longer going to be the captain mm. and isn't training with the first team. We've spent 20 or 30 minutes, whatever we've been recording now, we haven't mentioned it. We're talking about how we like this team, how we how we love this team and how we want to get behind this team. And even the guy on 350 grand a week, Aubameyang, it is kind of not forgotten at the moment, but we're clearly coping coping without. And just to pick up on, on one, one final point is... As you know, I do I do quite a bit of work with Martin Keown, and we and we always chat. And I think he sometimes thinks I'm you know a, an okay barometer of what the fans may think, and and that's interesting for him. And he covers so much Arsenal. And I was saying exactly that. How I think Arteta is getting um, more grace. I think a little bit maybe than other managers would because the team is so likable. Because you've seen the clips like even Wrighty put out on his Instagram of Ramsdale goading the the Leeds fans. Because Tommy Yasu has become um, this this kind of cult hero. Because Saka and Smith Rowe have got their own song and a kind of young English hopes. There's so many likable players suddenly in our team. Whereas for so many, you know, much of the last two, three years, it was, oh... David Luiz, oh, Socrates, uh, Gwen Doozy. There were always these figures around the team. Mustafi. Shaka. Mustafi. We could go on and on, couldn't we? So, so here we are, and the, and the team is likeable, and um, it's a nice festive. Yes. Interestingly, though, yeah, uh, very interesting. Xhaka's still there, still, still potentially going to be sent off in every single fucking game. Like, he deserved to be, let's face it, in that Leeds game with that foul. on Was it Rafinha? That terrible foul. Should have been yeah. sent off, got away with it. Then he starts laughing about it because he's such a prick. And, you know, and eventually got booked like towards the end of the game for something else. I mean, he was so lucky, right? And what I'm, all I'm saying is, I think it's interesting that our manager's still picking him above like Lukonga. I don't, I don't think Lukonga done anything wrong. I know you have to be careful with young players, but now it seems like Xhaka's straight back in. And he even Ill, when he... he huh? He was ill, Lukonga, I think. Lukonga was, was ill. Yeah, I think it was COVID, 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 I think. Was it Lukonga? I think he was on the bench. But he wouldn't but have no, played. He wasn't on the bench at Leeds. 
Okay. Um, I hear your point, though, Boyd. You're right. But yeah. So what I'm saying is, you know, we've still got we've still got the maverick loose cannon that is Xhaka involved, and I and I, you know, I would rather have Ainsley Maitland-Niles then in or Lukonga in against him. I think we'd still do this well without him, but but the manager's still obsessed with him, and I think that's weird and bizarre. So I still think there are issues, you know. But you're right. I mean, it's brilliant, but you know. I think possibly there's, there's still the flaws in the manager are still there to be, and it doesn't stop me from being absolutely thrilled by this team. Is the point I guess I'm making in the end? You were talking, I think you, of the manager. You were talking about Tottenham about last night. I, 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 you know what? I, I watched the game like like as everybody did. I, I, I didn't see not a lot. I, I didn't see a lot of difference in Tottenham from um, who was the last manager? Oh, Mourinho, of course it was. I didn't, really, I didn't really no, say a lot. You, Nuno. You, Nuno. Uh, Nuno. Yeah, Nuno. 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 Nuno, 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 Nuno out of history. Nuno. <laughs> Nuno. Or, or the, only, the only thing I saw was different was that a manager that had noticed that without Liverpool, without a Virgil van Dijk and, and, and two, two central defenders with, with not a lot of pace in them, right, a long ball might do the trick. One, it gets them out of their hole of playing in their own third. Right, and two, it, it gets the, the, the two, three whippets, and that's all they did was plant a long ball up into the areas where the two fallbacks had come out of, and it was just just a lucky. I dip. mean, Liverpool. If we played Liverpool with that side, right, I think we would have beat them. I really do. But it's the way we are at the moment, if we we took Liverpool on, I think we'd beat them. So I, I I don't really see Tottenham and, and pulling up any trees at the moment, even with the new manager they got. I think he's got a massive job on there, but that's enough. That's well, enough that, on that point. No, I don't want to bang on about Spurs at all. But I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? That you know we're now in the situation where they've got so many games in hand over us, and if he is that good, you know, their, their coach, and if he gets them playing, then then they will overtake us. So it's gonna it's a very interesting. Well, they've got, Bright, got Brighton away, Burnley away. Yeah. Um, I think they've got three away games. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, away games, as we know, they're, they're, they're tough. And, you know, sure, we're going to have to see what see what happens. I, I like the fact that you're very negative about Spurs. That's fine. We'll go along with that. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, let's, I think we have to, I, I guess I'm saying let's not get carried away with the manager, but I am saying let's get fucking carried away with the team. I absolutely, it's, I, I'm very happy to get carried away with the team. Josh. You know, I, I'm equally as, as positive as you. Um, was the uh, morale in club level boisterous uh, uh, after yeah. the West Ham results the other day? Did you get your drink okay? Because I, I hope they're sort of speeding that up ahead of Christmas for you. I know you've had a lot of complaints on that. <laughs> Make me sound like the most entitled prick. I mean, it may be accurate. It may be accurate. But um, all I'd say is but the, the um, every single thing about the... Um, the the last home game, the West Ham game, was was a dream. So we had a brilliant meal beforehand, brilliant fish supper organised by Derma. Thank you very much. Then we got there, we walked to the ground, and we were all course. This was the first game where they're supposed to be checking our COVID certification, whatever you call it. I mean, I'm, I'm, we got there I was seriously five t- minutes before kickoff and breezed in. And then um, right. very easily got a lovely, um, the lovely free beer at half time the Camden Hells and the whole thing was an absolute dream. So uh, there was no, I have no complaints whatsoever, Josh, about the, uh, and the scoreboard was working both teams in full side by side on the scoreboard. Um, it was, it was fantastic. So I have no complaints and credit to the Arsenal infrastructure. Maybe the Arsenal infrastructure match day infrastructure is reflecting the strength of the infrastructure of the team. I don't know. I'll just plant that. Anyway, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we will talk about 
the the interesting thorny topic of Aubameyang. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. Um, uh, Josh is with us, Jeff is with us, and I'm still with us. So... We need to talk about Bamiyan because the lot, of course, what happened with the, with podcasts, right? Sometimes it takes a little while, like a day after we record a podcast for it to actually arrive. Certainly on iTunes, it can take a while. I blame, you know, I blame Apple. I've no idea if it's their fault, whatever. But after the the last um, when I did the one on one with Alan Alga, we talked a little bit about the um, the situation with Aubameyang. and of course, but that was actually just before as you say, the statement, the slightly weird, very public airing of this dirty laundry came about. And at that point, he'd just been dropped, you know, and 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 Arteta just talked about his discipline, this disciplinary breach, this famous phrase, the breach. Then, of course, he was stripped of the captaincy, literally hours after recorded that podcast, and it's become a thing. Now, So now, but as you say, Josh, as you pointed out, it just happens to have coincided with the 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 emergence of you know of of um martinelli so it's like we don't really and, and lacazette's been brilliant lacazette who was terrible against everton has come up has been absolutely brilliant in the last few games making some brilliant passes and everything jeff talked about his skills some incredible assists and all of that but jeff what do you think about the Aubameyang situation? Would you be happy if he never d- played for us ever again which could happen considering the african cup of nations is soon um, uh, the manager doesn't seem bothered about him not being again. He wasn't on the bench even in the last game. No great, doesn't seem to be any great plan to bring him back. Um, yeah. What do you think? Well, again, I, I, I hark back to the, the good old days under Wenger and, and, and the end of them when we had a bit of a soft underbelly. Uh, it seemed like the the players were too comfortable. I think we can all admit that you know players got too comfortable under Arson. Uh, it was too cosy. Um, Emery came in and tried to change it a little bit and then bottled it with, with, with Ozil, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and then Arteta's came in, had more or less a similar scenario. He, he, he told, he said there was non-negotiables mm. as soon as he come in. He said mm. there's going to be a culture change. And, and some of us wanted a culture change. We were tired of the, the, the stuff that we were seeing. Um he said there was going to be a culture change. He's put his foot down. He had the, he had the grievance with uh, uh, Granduzzi, um, maybe Torreira. There was something happening there. Urzil, uh, you know, that went on for ages. And what I, how I see is he's a man of his word and he's, and he's going to stick to it no matter what happens. What I mean by that is 
listen, we know, right, this is not the first, second, third, fourth, or even fifth or sixth time that Aubameyang has crossed the line. It, it might be getting in late for training. It might be uh, not turning up for training. It might be, you know, if you, if you, if you say you're going to promise to be back on time after two or three warnings, you're, you're the captain of the club first, first thing, right? And you need to lead by example. And if you don't lead by example and you're taking liberties and you've got all those young players like ESR, Saka, Martinelli, they're all nudging each other because they're, they're all in the WhatsApp groups together. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see what the gaffer does with this geezer now. Now, you need to lead. You can't, you can't do things like that because they are going to learn off of what you're doing. As a captain, you need to be the first one in and the last one out, really. Right, and you've got mm. to do things down the line. Now, if this has happened time and time again, he's must probably had enough and said, "Right, no more. I'm done with you." So, if he says that's right, and he, he's outed him from the team for a good reason, it's, in, it's then up to Aubameyang to come back in and with, with his he's going to put his cap out and say, "Okay, boss, I've done wrong. Give me one more chance and see what happens." If he doesn't. Let him go, because it's quite clear we haven't missed him. It's different. It's, it's, it's been knocking. It, listen, it's like the old days in in the in they, uh, George Graham Tuesday Club and business like that. He knew a Tuesday Club was going on. He's not stupid. He knew it was that. He knew what yeah. nightclubs I was going to, what time I was getting in. Right. But if you're coming home uh, you, and you're coming in on Saturday and you're winning football matches and you're playing well, you might be knocking a couple of goals in a baby game. You can put your arm around him and say, okay, I know what you're doing, but you carry on as you are. That's cool. You keep scoring goals. He's not played for us properly for the last 18 months. Let's be honest. He's been rubbish. So we can't we can't suffer that anymore. There's a culture change, and I'll stand by it. I'm happy with it. I just mentioned a couple of things, which is that he's obviously had a bad time footballing-wise in terms of his form, as you say. He, he was starting to come good, I thought. I think in the in the period where we played him and Lacazette together, with Lacazette just behind him, if you remember, it was only a month ago, in fact. Um, you know, that's the six weeks ago, and when we went on a little run, and he actually he played really well. I would say in those games, to be fair to him, because he, we know he loves playing with Lacazette. We know that's a great, and I, and I think actually people people have short memories, but I think that we were doing really well in that period, and I was a bit annoyed that the manager dropped him, and I think we then lost the next game, or we didn't play that well uh, when he kind of changed things around a bit. Um, now you could say, obviously, we're not missing him because we've gone on another really good run. I agree with that, especially with the flowering of Martinelli, etc. But I think it's different. I, I feel like, again, and to be devil's advocate a little bit, and it's interesting you mentioned George Graham, because I think George Graham knew when to discipline players, and, and very rarely in public, if ever in public, you know, certainly, you know, behind closed doors when, when they needed discipline when they didn't. And the difference between you know, a human being's flaws. And, and an interesting Tuchel... Did you read the Athletic article about the whole Bamming situation where they talked about how when he played under Thomas Tuchel, and Tuchel, of course, is this disciplinarian that we, we see now being very, very strong-willed figure. But actually, in the Athletic article, they said that he kind of dealt with him with a very light touch. And even though he was consistently late and had a massive late problem coming to training, Tuchel wasn't that bothered about him because he's such a lovely guy. He was, such, he was such a positive presence in the dressing room, or Bamiyang, which you can see. And he's a very popular player in terms of his general outlook. He's always got a smile on his face. All of that, that actually, 
they weren't that bothered about his late issues. And they would give him, like, they would tell him, you know, training starting at 11 when he actually was starting at 11.15. Yeah, he was scoring. I know, I know, I know. So I think it's better. Oh, but Jeff, you're, you're right. You've hit the nail on the head. There's two issues. There's footballing issues. Fine. Mm. Don't, but not, but have him on the bench. I'd rather have Aubameyang on the bench than fucking Inketia. Do you know what I mean? Jeff, Josh. But, but, but you, you talk about football issues, disciplinary issues. Is there also something in kind of his contract issue here, right? Like he is the, the most expensive player at the club. Yeah. And if I'm not, you know, if the club don't want him around, they, they have to try and navigate a way for him to want to leave the club. Right. Um, and you sort of feel that the direction it's been going in in the last few weeks of bringing on in, in Kessia ahead of him, of allowing these situations to get so public. I mean, let's remember the North London derby that whole day kicked off with an unnecessary story. Didn't need to be in the press. Could have put Bami on the bench. No. Certainly didn't need to be in the press before the game. It might have come out after. Maybe too many people would be aware of something going on. But Arteta made a huge deal out of making it kind of public, certainly before the game. And and this um, situation with going back late, I don't think you can defend it just because it's for a personal reason, his mother. I think if the club have allowed him to go and it's within certain conditions, especially at these covid times and there's protocols in place and if he hasn't met to that i think he he needs to sort of you know face whatever sort of punishment there there might be but this whole thing and the statement now feels like you know they would like arteta to have an offer from a barcelona or whoever it's going to be and i'm not sure there's anyone out there going to pay 350 grand a week for him and it is it another yet another player to leave arsenal who we're still sort of paying for um but maybe they just want him off the, you know, off off the off the wages now. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's a way back, and he he sort of goes off to Afcon and does well and comes back and puts his head down and train. But at least we're we, going to have two months without him, so it feels strange. But we 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 all hope that, okay. But you can see that Arteta is is you know he's he's trying to build something amongst with all those youngsters. Right, when 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 you when your captain's getting away with all bits and pieces, it doesn't bode well. It doesn't. He, he's not leading by example. He's a club captain, and and if it gets to a stage where it, it's gone too far, and of course, but I agree we, with you, Jeff. He, I asked, he's a he's a player. He's a, there's definitely a player. But what about Shaka? Shaka gets forgiven for everything. When the last time Xhaka was our captain, you know, he, he did what he did. And, he, you know, he was absolutely... But he's an example yeah. of someone that came back when maybe a lot of people didn't expect him to. And it's well, probably I, but, I feel, in... but I feel like this whole idea that the, the manager is a compl- has a pure, you know, disciplinary thing. And, you know, I, I think Xhaka is an example of someone who can yeah, seemently but... do anything the fuck he wants. Yeah, to do okay, but that's an, on, that's an on-field thing. He, right. Apparently, he's a, he's a fantastic professional turning up for training. He's always there. He puts it. He, he gets involved. He's good around the, the dressing room, right? The on-field thing, I think that's a, you know, you get some players that are like that. He's always been. He's been I think he's been sent off eleven times or something like that, or maybe yeah. even more yeah. in his career, right? Yeah. I know. He's, listen, I, I I'm not the biggest fan of Czech. I think he's thirty seconds away from a disaster in every single game, you know, because right. it just it's just the way he plays. Whether it be a bad back pass or he'll you know he'll, he'll two foot someone or or give a penalty away. That's the way he plays, right? But I think, he, I mean, eventually he'll, he'll be, he'll be, he'll go as well. But with Obang, what do you do? Well, you, 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 you keep him? Do you leave him in there? 
Like we I did think, Ozil for six months. In answer months? to your question, well, in answer to your question, I think it's different with Ozil. In answer to your question, I think Ozil was a different set of circumstances. Well, I think with Alba, if it's it, it, taking everything on face value from what Arteta said, if it was, this was the, this, this whatever happened with going to see his mum and coming back late from that journey, I feel like now the punishment has been harsh enough. Do you know what I mean? It's been what? It's been three games now. You know, he's been, he's been, um, he's out, been out of it. I think now, welcome back. We'll be interested to see what happens this week. For me, it's like it's over now. In, in the normal situation, if, if Josh, if bearing in mind what Josh is saying, if there isn't, if there isn't another agenda, and if this isn't all, and I think that'd be wrong. If they want to get rid of him, just get rid of him. Don't let. But he needs to be come back into the squad, and he needs to be on the bench at, at the very least. And I, and I, you know, I would stick with the with the team at the moment and all of that. But I think persecuting him, and I would call it persecution, if he if he keeps ostracizing him from the team. I think that is weird for what for, for punctuation issues, punctuality issues, not punctuation. That's different. But for punctuality issues, you know. To, so Josh, Josh, that, that gives you a chance. And just so you know, you can turn up piss for about three weeks on the trot, turn up late piss three weeks on the trot, and he's still going to give you a squeeze. All right. <laughs> oh God, definitely. Definitely. Because Josh is a, <laughs> Josh is a lovely human being and that's more important oh, no. to me. And he would never do that. He's, 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 no. a, he's an ultimate professional anyway. No. Let me, I'm kidding. A, I, I am very occasionally slightly late. Friends who listen to this might might think I turn up a few minutes late occasionally for social gatherings, but um, never with bad intentions. I, and I'd like to think if Arsenal were paying me money um, to participate in any role, I would uh, I would make sure I was particularly punctual. So there you go. No, who, Josh, who you'd you do it for nothing. You'd do it for nothing, wouldn't you, at Arsenal? You'd do anything. No, I'm not sure I'd do it. I'm, would you? Mm. I would. What would you? What role? I mean, that's, that's what a, role yeah, are you a, being asked to do? What well, depends. I wouldn't do any role. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to. Yeah, you have to. That's that's. Uh, I wouldn't that, go work in like the Arsenal comms department for free. Well, no, no, I'd no, play no. on the pitch. If they, I, who whose space would I take? I guess Tommy Asu have to play it right back. But you, you'd we'll be, see. I mean, what do you think? Just on the captaincy going forward, though. I mean, Lacazette clearly has the armband for now, but. Is is not definitely going You've to be got at the this club next group. series. Well, apparently yeah. we've got this fucking leadership, which includes Shaka. I mean, again, you know what the flying fuck? You know, well, uh, he won't get it. I mean, he won't get the No, let's just just to move on a bit because another interesting issue for me before we before we wrap up before we predict the next matches is the situation with Emil Smith Rowe being on the bench. You mentioned it earlier, Jeff, and I think it's really interesting because for me, he'd be the first name on the team sheet, right? Even, and I know it's, a, it's a, it, the old cliche of a great problem to have, but actually I think even more reason to have Aubameyang on the bench but not starting right now is wouldn't you like to see, you know, Gabriel Martinelli up front maybe, especially if, the, you know, because uh, let's face it again, Lacazette, as brilliant, as, as great as he's been, but, you know, is he going to go? Are we still trying to, would we still like to sell him in the transfer window? You know, his, his, his contract's up in the summer. That's an interesting moment. You've got Martinelli, who has played through the middle before, you know, I mean that, you know, he can clearly capable of it. And I'm not saying he's, he's a different type of player to Lacazette, but that way you could incorporate Saka, um, Emil Smith-Rowe and Odegaard behind. And you'd have an incredibly exciting, young, thrusting, attacking, pacey front line, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I'm not sure he's quite ready for it yet. I'm not sure he's quite ready for that back to goal treatment that he's going to find and, and dropping in. I think Martinelli, his best asset is his pace. Um, and and that's facing towards the goal and, and balls being played through for him. So 
it, it, a centre forward for him is going to be more or less totally different, especially the way Arteta plays. It'd be okay if it was back in the old days when you play on someone's shoulder uh, and they're, they're trying to pass ball. But at the, the modern centre forward now, as we see, it, is he comes and drops in and gets involved in, the, in, the, in a midfield three or whatever. Uh, so I'm not sure that's I'm not sure that's going to work. Lacazette covering both of them. I would I would I would keep playing him as long as we can play him uh, and and let him be skipper until the end of the season and then work out at the end of the season which you know of you know KT uh, Gabby if he, I, I I love. Gabriel, he, but he's, oh no, his English is not that good at the moment. Mm. Uh, I know Bang might maybe a little bit too young, but he's buying into it. But it's, it's all, you know. I, but like I said to you, I see a lot of leaders and captains amongst themselves. It's an old school thing now. The captain, the captain for me now, is just the man with the armband. Oh, I agree. We don't you. see them leaders anymore, like like Tony Adam, Patrick mm. Vieira, John Terry, etc. Josh, what, you, do you agree with me or? I always agree with you, Jeff. There's, there's very little I would ever not agree with. I agree. I, I would give Lacazette the armband until, until the end of the season. I can't see an argument why it makes sense. Not to he is the one who is, um, you know, five seasons into... Um, sorry, that was my phone going there briefly. Um, he is the one who is five seasons into uh, a role at the club and has, has stood up and delivered and I think sets the standards that you want to see when you're on the pitch. So, you know, Lacazette to the end of the season, I like the idea of Kieran Tierney, but, you know, we'll, we'll see at the end of the season. Do you think it's, it's, what would you do about the fact that, we, you know, we're not starting with Emil Smith-Rowe and that is, I think it's... it's I think it, I, I think Arteta has shown us one thing and we saw it, I think, a bit too long with Tavares where he's trying to be loyal unless there's a reason to change it and performances dip. And eventually it got to that stage, I think with Lukonga, which also timed with Xhaka coming back. He, he's not in a rush to change it. I think it's interesting. We have a midweek fixture coming up, which we should, which we should talk about, of course, with the league cup, which gives an opportunity um, to some other players. But I, I, I don't see, um, I don't see it as a massive problem. I'm, I suspect Emil Smith-Rowe will find a way back into the starting eleven, I think I possibly think at the expense it. of Odegaard. You know, fair enough. But I, I think they're all going to get still get game time. I, I don't think Smith-Rowe would be should be too upset with the situation. I think he's resting them at the same time. If they're getting injured, obviously he had a little injury, uh, and he's giving them a good rest because obviously we haven't got those games coming in thick and fast like we if we was in Europe and stuff. So I think he's he's resting them. But let's talk about Odegaard for a second. Uh, I, I think he's been off the wall. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. He's, he's now coming into a player. Uh, he, he, again, he's much more confident. Little flicks and tricks and uh, uh, forward passing, forward thinking. He's got different pictures in his head. I think he's going to be a star for Arsenal. He's getting confidence, more confidence with every game. And I do think that, you know, they're going to switch it around, those two. Um, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and, and Odegaard, I think they will switch it around. We are, um, a little bit, I agree with you. And Odegaard has, I, I, you know, I think Odegaard's last few performances, three goals he scored, isn't he, in, in, in three games. And um, I think he was our man of the match in the West Ham game, maybe? Which one of them? He was, you know, he was, yeah. And, and I think the complaint about him that people like Dan Baldwin have made, which is that he doesn't quite, Impose himself. He hasn't quite got the pace of the the, the, the kind of world class number tens have. Is valid. I feel. I feel Emil Smith Rowe 
is in a weird way more suited to that role in some ways. And, and I think it's interesting that we often end up with both of them on the pitch. Like we did in the, in the last game, I think we ended up with Odegaard and Moussa Throw together. They have played together. He has played them together quite a lot. I just, I just, as much as I'm enjoying Odegaard coming into form and playing well, I think Moussa Throw is even more, even better. I think it's, uh, that, that's my own personal feeling. But you know, well, I, I but, yeah, think right. that, uh, but I do think that he is, uh, Arteta is moulding all those front four, front five, or whatever you want to call it into players that can really play all all across. They're comfortable in each of the yeah, positions yeah. that they true. play in. That's true. So whoever comes on and comes up, like that Man City, you can take any player out and put another player in there. And and that's yeah. what he's trying to build yeah, from I agree. inside. Yeah. I agree. It's interesting with Lacazette, though. One more final thing. Like, you're all saying, you know, just giving the captaincy to the end of the season. I mean, not so long ago, there were stories that he was going to leave in the next transfer window. And, you know, not even not so long ago and before that, you know, people were having the argument about who's better, Giroud or Lacazette. I mean, for me, Lacazette has now proved that argument beyond all doubt because he's shown yeah. what he can do with that football. And, uh, and, and I love him. And I, I don't get me wrong, I love Lacazette. I've always loved Lacazette, right from the very first time he arrived at Arsenal. But and I think it's great. I hope I hope he does stay. I hope he doesn't go. But it, these things can change. You can't they? In, 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 you know, within a few games, and suddenly he's the hero again. He's playing brilliantly. No thought of getting rid of him at all. It's fascinating. It's just the way it goes. Anyway, let us discuss what's going to happen as we're recording this tomorrow. Hopefully, this podcast will come out before Tuesday evening's Carabao Cup game. Yeah. Um, against Sunderland. I'm interested what team he plays, won't it, Josh? It could be all kinds of... I'm assuming Pepe. Pepe must play. I mean, you'd well, think. Pepe, who, Pepe, who I think has had a combined uh, 12 minutes in the last wow. uh, nine or 10 Premier Premier wow. League games. I mean, it's uh, it's really nothing. So, yeah, Pepe. I mean, we saw Tomiyasu with a, uh, you know, at least some kind of a small injury um, come the end of that um, Leeds game where he went off and Cedric came on. So you, you do, you'd assume there's a role for... For Cedric, you imagine that it's a combination of possibly holding and, and Chambers, maybe a, a centre-back, Tavares, to come in. Uh, I would expect Eddie Nketiah to, to get a game, probably El Nenny as well. So I, I do expect, and obviously Leno, uh, well, not obviously Leno, but I suspect Leno. So I think I think basically you're going to see the bench mm. um, from Leeds. Pretty much you'll all find their way into the into the starting um, yeah, eleven. Yeah, hopefully. I think. Yeah, who hasn't you know, always made made the bench? So um, I think Smith yeah, Rowe will play. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you're yeah. right about Smith Rowe. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it will start. I think he'll start and maybe come off. But uh, I, I think we'll go strong, though. I mean, that is a team that, you know, you've just mentioned there that should beat Sunderland. Oh, yeah. So, gotcha. Yeah. You 100%. know. Yeah. And, and another thing on that matter, I would really go for this League Cup because it's a trophy that we, yeah. I do think we can win. Yeah. Uh, and it, and know, no Man City. Trophy. No Man City waiting at the That's final right. like we've had in the past. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, we haven't, what, is it 1993, the last time we Something won like the, the yeah, League Sheffield Cup? Wednesday, wasn't it? Was it Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, the year we won both Cups. So, okay. I mean, okay, Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. it's it's about time. It's about time we won it. It is so, about time. And also, it'd be nice, I mean, a semi-final, a couple of extra games, uh, you know. For, and a cup for, final, Josh, for these yeah. young kids. Yeah, it's that'd cup, be great. It's, it's a be. cup final for these young kids. It'd be great. People are too. I've seen. I've seen a couple of people on um, on Twitter talking about Balogun. You know, might play, but he won't, will he? Balogun. I mean, we'll be lucky if he's on the bench. He seems to be definitely keeping him in reserve, despite some amazing performances recently that um, Alan was talking about last week. He's been watching it, the, some of the those those um, youth games. He's been played brilliantly. He's scored some amazing goals. But I don't think he'll play him tomorrow, do you? He seems Nketiah seems to be ahead of him in the in the pecking order still. And then 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think you'll probably find a way onto the bench, Balogun. I think there's a, there's enough rotation and um, opportunity that he'd want him on the bench to try and give him some minutes. What's your prediction, Boyd, for this one? Um, I'm going to predict a pretty comfortable win. I would say um, three nil. Jeff, I'm I'm not seen much of Sun. Well, I haven't seen any of any. I don't even know what league they're in now. Are they? Are they... <laughs> They've got Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn up front. They're doing doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go three one. Um, they are third for all listeners in, in League One at, uh, at the moment um, on the chase down of Wigan and Rotherham at the top of League One. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think three-one to uh, to Arsenal uh, as well. Is it? Is not? Is it sold out? I haven't. I haven't checked. You yes. going? I think it is. Yeah, sold out. Sold yeah. out. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. is amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what's maybe... amazing about it. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm in the ticket industry, so to speak, and I'm always keeping an eye on box offices and everything else. Uh, half the stadium at Tottenham this morning was was unsold, and they got a game against West Ham. Uh, right. uh, is it tonight? What day? What day are we today? Monday. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. I think they're Wednesday. Right. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. they play obviously the opposite day. So, uh, which is amazing. Uh, you know, the big tie West Ham as well. Uh, so, I mean, Arsenal fans do sell a place out. They do. Yeah, that's that's really good. Well, credit to the club, I guess, on yeah. the uh, price price yeah. point that Pricing. they've been been doing stuff like yeah um so yeah absolutely fascinating to uh to see how we go and what and we and we go to norwich for boxing day yeah, yeah. i mean we should have enough to beat norwich surely that they're, they're 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 struggling on at the moment big time yeah yeah i mean i i'm i think you know we Yes. Okay. Any away fixture, okay, we, we saw it leads, but it's one of those games, right? That the, the Boyd was talking about at the start. It's one of those games that we could slip up and we set us all back again. So hopefully yeah. we can railroad it, go through them, and um, then we're still on the run. Yeah, Norwich are, li- are bottom of the league right now. Literally bottom of the league. So I mean, I think that you know we're conceding a lot of goals and a lot of opportunities. So. Yeah, I mean, if we can put in the level of performance, I know Leeds were short, but I, 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 this is a game I'm, I'm hoping to get to. Got, got a ticket. I'm hoping to get down to Norwich, even though going to football feels like a slight moral dilemma, as Boyd and I were just touching on before we started this podcast. But it seems from what we heard today that the show will go on as long as it's as long as it's allowed to. Um, yeah, I think this will be uh, another three-one win. I think consecutive three-one wins, Jeff. I'm going to go 2 0 on this one. Clean sheet. Oh, I was going to say 2 0. Yeah, I think 2 0. I can agree. We can have the same prediction. I think that's allowed. Um, that is. Th- great. Yeah, and that is it. Thanks so much, Jeff. Um, uh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. G- g- good to see the four ovens. Um, and <laughs> Josh, it's been a joy. I mean, happy Christmas. We, I think we'll be back before the end of the year. So, you know, hopefully after the Norwich game, maybe ne- maybe next Monday. I think it's officially Bank Holiday Monday, isn't it? It's Boxing Day Bank Holiday, yeah. I think it's called. Um, but that won't stop us. No, we will be, we will be back. We will we'll be, be back. back to hear more about Boyd's um, entry to the stadium tomorrow night, fish yeah. suppers, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's it, really. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.